0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover
3: the stories behind what's moving money and markets...
6: Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb.
7: Woo! What up, Doug Gottlieb, y'all the on Fireboard Radio. Heart Radio app. What well, up, welcome in. If you've been missing this podcast, sorry. I took out personal days, which I never do. Never do. So here's what... Here's what happened Jay Stu since you don't know and Ramos doesn't know. I have a uh, a buddy I've had, we've been close friends since high school, and he's got this incredible place up in Big Sky, Montana. And I almost used it during basketball season. I just couldn't get the right amount and I it was actually oh, oh, it was actually more of a fear thing that I didn't want to go up there and get stuck there and not be able to do some of my other jobs during the winter. And sure enough, the the couple days I was going to spend up there, it wasn't, you know, when you're in Big Sky, Montana, they're used to the snow, everything's clear, but getting in and getting out in the airports can be bad, so I would have gotten stuck. So anyway, um, I was supposed to, I'm, I'm taken my son Hayes here to Wichita, Kansas, where we're broadcasting from the studios of 1410, where we're number one in Wichita, but um, KGSO. So we were supposed to come out here, and we were going to do Oklahoma for a couple days. My buddy's like, hey, man, why don't you take him up to Montana? So I called our boss, and I said, can I get a day or maybe two for traveling so it's not close and doesn't... He's like, no problem. And I could have done my shows from up there, but he's like, you know what, take a couple days and, and, you know, catch your breath. It was awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Montana, but it's incredibly beautiful this time of year it's still kind of rainy sunny it can't figure out what it wants to do. July August September are the dry months so it's be incredible but I found it to be beautiful everybody was super nice and uh, we did something like we went on a long long trail ride one day we went uh, zip lining one day we went river rafting one day and then we just spent some time hanging out in nature and watching a movie and also working out, doing a little just guy stuff. It was great. It was really, really good. Watched uh, game three at a uh, at a kind of bar and grill there in town in Big Sky. It's pretty awesome. And meanwhile, like, it's so hard when you're, like, trying to disconnect and then live in the PGA combined, and you got all this other stuff kind of going on, right? You got the Zion Williamson stuff, and, I mean, you name it. You name it. Um, but... Are you... I guess here's my question. Uh, Jason, you're a thrill seeker, right? So you, you, love, you, you love the bungee jumping. Yep. So here's my experience with, uh, with uh, zip lining. Okay, so I've previously done like ropes courses. When I was in Connecticut, we lived in Westport. There's a, ropes, a really cool ropes course in Bridgeport, outside of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And it's probably four or five stories high at the very top. And so I went with my kids, and we had friends and their kids. And, you know, kids generally not nearly as scared of heights as adults. I don't know if you guys, people have noticed that. So they're all doing the ropes course, and I'm like, I get to the top, and it's wind, kind of getting windy and picking up. It's like an a early summer day, but it was kind of humid. And it, it got windy and breezy up there, and I was super uncomfortable. And they're already all the way down the ground. They're kind of making fun of me. And I kind of had to bail on the end of the ropes course, because I just wasn't feeling comfortable up there. I was kind of scared. So I, it's not that I... Yeah, I just don't do... I'm not great with heights. I'm I'm not like petrified of them. Uh, but I don't love heights. And I really... I, it turns out that the ziplining part and the jumping off to the zipline, I got no issue with that. It's more the platforms and the walking up on the bridges that move and stuff. Even though I'm... Locked in. Does that make any sense to you? Makes perfect sense. The um, so there's this bridge
8: in Southern California that people bungee off of, and I've been there a couple of times now. And the you you know you're in line with you know 30 people or whatever getting ready to bungee, and the part where where people quit is when they have to step over the uh, I guess the railing of the bridge to get onto the platform. And so what you're saying. Uh, measures up to me because once you get over that, that railing and onto the platform and you know the the uh, the workers will tell the, you this you know you paid your money let's just get over this and then once you're on there you're good um, and then the jump is just kick ass so yeah no I totally get it I've seen people cower in that position
7: um, I think I, I you know it's interesting to me Really interesting to me, like mentally, once I got over that first uh, jump, like I was great with it. Like I was not, it, it was, re- my my son was really fascinated by it because he, he's a little bit of a daredevil, right? Like he has no problem zip lining, uh, whitewater rafting. Uh, he was a little nervous about the whitewater rafting just because, you know, it's like it was, it was pretty rough, but I mean, we were at the intermediate level, so it wasn't that bad, but for the most part, but he was, you know, he was kind of teasing me at first. And I kind of explained to him, like, look, dude, I don't mind you talking-ish, you know, and teasing me. But I will say that when people are afraid of heights, telling me to just look down and to get over it is not as easy as you think, you know? So I kind of had my own process. What's interesting, though, was here he is. He's like Mr. Tough Guy. I'm not scared of anything. And then there was we had talked about thunder and lightning. There was thunder and lightning really close. We had to get down off the course. And he was like, "Yeah, I was I was legit scared there." I was like, "All right, well, that's a reasonable fear. It's just as reasonable for me to be f- scared of like falling out of a tree." He's like, "No, dude, you're all you got all this stuff kind of uh, latching you up there. You got like three different guardrails to keep you from falling out." I was like, "Yeah, but the, I mean, it's probably the same likelihood of you actually getting struck by lightning, even though it was close."
8: I have um, I have never ziplined. I've I've done. I've jumped out of a plane and I've uh, I've bungeed a couple times, but the the zip lining, to me from afar looks very secure and safe. Like yes, I, so it, it it almost you know it, on, a, on a list of thrilling things, I'm not fired up to do it, but um, I'll do it. I just I it just from a distance looks a little safer than the other ones.
7: Well, it, it what it does is it can give you. It can give you the sense that you are flying, right? Those those zip lines that go across like canyons, and the one yesterday went across the Gallatin River. Uh, it, it's like what would it what would it be like to fly, right? Whereas whereas bungee jumping is like wh- like a controlled fall, right? And it's it's basically you know messing with your brain as as you think you are falling. This one you almost think you are flying, and you're, you know what I mean. There is like a bird like quality to it, so it's just a little bit different. A little different. Have you ever been to Montana? I went to
8: um I went through Montana or we got to Montana. I'm trying to think of Montana is the state where the national park Yellowstone is, correct?
7: Yeah, it's also in Wyoming. Wyoming.
8: Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah we went, I think I went through there in 1984 on in an RV with my family. But I I, I can't tell you much about Montana itself. But the national park was I remember that was just thrilling and, as hell. And does it
4: uh wasn't that where Phil Jackson had like his home was in Montana? Was a lot of rich people Wyoming? live in Montana. Was that also Wyoming, little well,
7: bit of a little bit
8: of a he? bit of a probably Wyoming. Or was he Sorry. from... Was no, he's from... got a place in Montana, too. Jim bit oh, okay. well, bought a place and he said it was near Phil Jackson, I remember.
7: Yeah, now does Jim a belong to the Yellowstone Club? He, uh, <laughs> by the way... Um, John Dutton's club? No, the Yellowstone Club is like the most exclusive uh, club in America. It's a, basically a billionaire's club where um, you fly into, um, if you fly into uh, uh, Bozeman, then they helicopter you to this like exclusive ski resort in a mountain that's right next to Big Sky. So, uh, by the way, Phil Jackson is from North Dakota. So, yes, they all have places in Montana. Now, does Rome have a ranch in Montana or does he have a house in Montana?
8: I, I honestly have no idea. I didn't ever, get any the details been? there. No, no. That's I do awesome. know when I watched your video of you
6: zip lining, though, you never looked, and you probably just mentioned this, but you, you looked very confident and extremely excited. Like, once you got going, you put your fist up, and you were like, this is awesome. Like, you were all in.
7: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I genuinely liked it. I, I Honestly, the, the only part that was hard for me was a lot like what Jason described, which was the you're walking up to a platform, it's creaking a little bit, shaking a little bit, and you're looking down and you're waiting on people, and you start to realize how high you are. You start to, like, over-process and think things. But, yeah, once I jumped, once I went on the first one, I was like, this is easy, this is great. And I was also, you know, you're watching, the the, the there's a, a young man, a young woman who, uh, you know, help you out, they're your guides, whatever. And you're watching, like, how... They put everything on, they clip, or you're watching it clip like three times, you're like, all right, I'm good, I'm good. So it was great, I really enjoyed it. Uh, meanwhile, here, here's my thoughts quickly on a couple of things that I've missed. Um, I thought the Nuggets made some great adjustments in how they attack the zone, and uh, I think that water does find its level. It doesn't mean that the Heat won't win another game. But if you ever asked yourself, like, why don't we judge Jimmy Butler as one of the best players in the NBA? If you watch that game, you kind of realize why. Two things. One, he really isn't crazy. To, uh, he's, not a, he doesn't, he's, there's, he's really kind of a mid-range scorer who can make some threes, can make some open shots. But he doesn't necessarily create shots for other people. He's just a really, really good player. There's an obvious and discernible difference between he and Jamal Murray, between he and Jokic, and it does lead you to wonder, like, how they get this far. But it it, it all works together because they surround him with great three point shooters, and they're very well coached and good defensively. And some of those some of the games have been lost by other teams more than one by by the Heat. Uh, but I do think that there's a very obvious difference in the two stars for Denver as opposed to what Miami has in terms of takeover game. Guys, he needs a lot more help. If, If what happened to the Nuggets Wednesday happened to the Heat where the surrounding players give you nothing, they have no chance. Now, can they beat you? Yes, but they need, you know, they need some of the other guys to step up and score because Jimmy simply, he's not, Though he's had fifty in the playoffs, that's not who he who he really is. Um, the live golf PGA thing, I actually think is a lot better deal for the PGA than most people are led to believe. We're just all still in the calling out the hypocrisy angle to it. Um, but if you look, uh, Monahan has autonomous control over both live and the PGA, and you only get that is if you have a hand in the negotiation. I actually think that it, it signifies that Live really needed them more than they needed Live, and I do wonder if there's any way in which he can make Rory and Tiger and some of those other guys who turned down massive amounts of money from Live whole or close to whole as to what they would have been making had they left the tour. And will there still be a punishment on guys who left the tour? And he can he can uh, he can place that levy that punishment. Um, as for the Zion stuff, like, this is all all of the stuff that's happened to Zion uh, is the, the same thing that we've, we the stories that we've heard for 50 years, right? Here's a young guy. This is like a beginning of a behind, uh, VH1 behind the music, right? Super young guy. Remember that there was some of this smoke before. You know, everybody thought he was going to Clemson, or South Carolina at the last second he goes to Duke, and there was talk that the the, the, the I don't know his dad or stepdad got involved and made to help make that switch. Then he was supposed to go with one marketing agent, only to turn on them and sign with somebody else, and they owed them money. Right? It's the he does he has people in his family that are in it for the money or in it for the clout that he carries with him. He's a really, really nice kid who doesn't have great leadership in his life and hasn't matured to understand that all those things that are fun, and fun meaning the food you like to eat or the girls you like to to, to hang out with, they're not necessarily good for you, right? They're sugar, they're short-term highs, and long-term it's bad for you. And I think there's a, this is, we're in grow-up time from Zion Williamson. And social media won't tell you that, and the regular media won't tell you that, because the backlash will be so so extreme, because people make it out to be something about race or something about being a Duke. because no, it's not. This, this is me as a person who has made 100 mistakes in my lifetime, and with a, with a fraction of the talent of Zion Williamson, wishing that I had somebody that grabbed me when I was making those mistakes, going, dude, this stuff is going to set you back for a long, long time. That that's what that's what this comes from a place of admiration for his likability, his talent, and his intelligence. But he's acting like a like in like a fool, like a like new money. Right. And I just in in no world, in no world is he on the path to greatness. It doesn't mean that all of the other superstars haven't had a kid out of wetlock, haven't had something in their background, haven't had some vice that they've had to overcome. Okay, but this is much more public now, and you combine it with the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy and stay on a basketball floor and achieve what his talent says he should achieve. Like this is just all of us telling you, Zion, dude, you're 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 going down a path a lot like uh, a lot like Ja. You're going down a path of being a hey, he could have been. An all-time great. It's like my dad always said when I was playing in the USBL. Son, there's always a reason. If Zion doesn't make it, it's because he has no personal self-discipline. Personal self-discipline. And I, I, I will be honest. I lack it at times as well. I'm better about it. But I lacked it at times as well. It's about personal self-discipline. It's about saying no. It's about cutting off people that don't bring good things to your life. It's about growing up. It's about keeping the main thing the main thing.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of The Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
9: Mexico will likely have its
3: first female president.
1: And then you have China.
5: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now, <laughs> what does the Fox say? every
7: day at this time in the bonus podcast, we play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports One. Here's Dan Patrick. He had this exchange with Adam Silver.
9: What would be a big suspension? I, I'm not going to get into precise number of games, but um, I, I will only say in response to people who say eight wasn't enough the first time around, it felt like a pretty severe punishment at the time, and an eight game uh, suspension, of course, without pay. Um, and so I, I will say, you know, I, and, and I said this before, in terms of impacting his behavior 12 games have made a difference the first time 15 games i really don't know i also the older i get I, I realize that i can't control other people and that he has to own his own conduct and regardless of the number of games he had been suspended for first time around he owns this not me and he has to take responsibility for it and part of this you know it's it's fine for somebody to come in and take response responsibility for their action and i'll even give him the benefit of the doubt that he was sincere. He's now made this mistake again. And I think one of the things we even talked about then is nobody's naive in the league office. Certainly not Joe Dumars been at this a long time was, you know, we'll see You're as you go back out into the world, how you choose to comport yourself. And, and so now here we are again.
7: Yeah. i mean, like, I, I, I think that what happens is what happens is, um, you, you're okay with a guy admitting he has flaws and he's trying to work through things. What you're not okay with is feeling like you've been snowed, right? Where a guy says all the right things and has you convinced he's on the right path. Only he is not. And, and that's, and silver does a better job. I, I understand that many of us, myself included at times walk around with the assumption that he is super, super player friendly, like a player commissioner I've been told behind the scenes he is a lot tougher on people than you would lead to believe, but in a matter-of-fact sort of way. Nonetheless, I, I I think he got snowed here. I think he totally bought into to Ja Morant. I think many of us did, because we want to believe that Ja is a great dude and a smart dude, and he's just doing stupid stuff surrounded by dumb people. But at some point, you get... You get made to look the fool when you support a guy who says he's going through life changes and some anger, and I think that will lead to a more severe punishment this time around. Here's Shannon Sharp talking about Jimmy
10: Butler. Jimmy Butler in game in, in, in round one averaged 38 points a game shooting. It's been a long, long time since we saw that guy. Has it? And in order for them to come back and win this series, he's going to have to make another appearance. You need your big gun. You need Jimmy Butler to be playoff Jimmy. Not mundane Jimmy. Not ordinary Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy. The guy that's historic, that's had historic moments, and they need that from him. The one consistent is Jimmy, and Jimmy needs to be consistent. Because that's the guy that you're supposed to be able to count on. On. Yeah, the Nuggets want Aaron Gordon. They want Bruce Brown and the KCPs, but they need to be able to hang their hat on Yoke doing what he does, mm. Jamal Murray doing what he does. Mm. So the Miami Heat's the same. Jimmy Butler and Bam must mm. do what they do. But Skip, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't have a problem with Jimmy because I just take it for what it's worth, knowing that <laughs> if he says they're going to win, I told you we going to Boston going to win, and everybody, ah, oh, it's kind of like Joe Neymar. When he guaranteed victory, skip, had they lost, what are they going to say? They were supposed to lose. The heat lose, they were the eight seed. They were the play in. They weren't even supposed to be this far anyway. So Jimmy gets the best of both worlds. If he guarantees a victory and they win, you heard what the Butler said play out right. Jimmy, delivered. Mm-hmm. If they don't, well, they weren't even supposed to be there anyway.
7: Yeah, I, I, I don't get into the guarantee, not guarantee, because Butler's never been held accountable when he hasn't come up. But he's in this sweet spot, right? Where he's really not a super elite. You know, top ten NBA player, but he's had some incredible moments. So he has the reputation of having this fastball that appears a lot less often than people actually know, right? this is this is who Jimmy Butler is. He's a really good player. He's a very good competitor. And he has competitive greatness. but his his consistency is not at the level of the best players in the NBA. And the more we, I think the more you dig in, the two things that you find is, man, Jokic is better than we would have thought, and Jimmy is not as dominant as as popular uh, perception would lead you to believe. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about the Lakers' possibility of landing Chris Paul.
6: Rob Polenka as a GM cannot think this is a good idea. It's a bad idea. Even Westbrook, who didn't work when they made the move, I argued he's available, he's productive, he gives you minutes. He plays hard. He plays often. I love Chris Paul in Boston because they have two young, dynamic, athletic stars in their prime that give you 70 games and big minutes. LeBron's averaging 52 games, 80, 44, and 80 just came off his longest streak of playing consecutively. That puppy won't last. So as we all age, you fit in fewer places. All you need to know, if this thing gains any steam at all, LeBron is running the Lakers. Because you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid acknowledges, I don't draft the players. Brett Veach does that. I don't do that. I use the offense. Andy Reid doesn't even worry about defense. That's Steve Spagnola. I know exactly who's running every part of Kansas City and Golden State and Miami. Chris Paul to the Lakers? is a classic who's-running-this-place scenario.
7: I I think there's a couple levels to it. Um, I generally agree with Colin in this one, in that it's not a great idea. Um, But it also depends upon what are you going to ask of Chris Paul. Chris Paul can't be a starting point guard to play alongside LeBron James at this point in time, based upon the current construct of their team. They just don't have enough guys that create shots. Can LeBron create shots? Yes. Not the same rate that he used to. Can Anthony Davis? Somewhat. Austin Reeves? Somewhat. But they they need somebody who can, can take over a game and create shots for himself and for others. And that's not Chris Paul. Now, if they can get Chris Paul and say, hey man, listen, you're going to be, we're going to get two guys, get another perimeter player to go with you, and you could be the starter or, you know, the... The up and play with like maybe then it works, um, but it's it's all about role. And remember, his role changed dramatically playing this year in Phoenix, where he was much much more catch and finish, catch and shoot, and then occasionally run some screen role. But you know, like the older you get, the less you're able to guard, the less you're able to play, and the, the less you'll be able to dominate. He's not nearly the Chris Paul of the past. That doesn't mean that he wasn't a great player in his prime, and I think Chris knows that. It's just going to come down to role. And the role will also have to go in line with, you know, how much he's making. If Chris Paul is willing to play at a severe, di- substantial discount and just be a guy of, of off the bench cog on the team, then it totally works if it allows the Lakers to go out and find a way for a Brad Beal or somebody else who can create, make shots and create shots. Otherwise, it's not a great idea. That's what the Fox said. <laughs>
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
3: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
5: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
7: Let's find out who or what is annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your
8: annoying. <laughs> Hey, Doug, you know what's annoying um, is that Paul Pierce does not have a regular gig. Because um, he, he is funny as shit, isn't he? He's funny as shit, and he just, he has that I don't give a fuck thing going right now. <laughs> he joined the um, he joined the live stream, Kevin Garnett's live stream for Showtime, and uh, he came with a female, and this was the exchange. Kevin.
10: Hey, how you Camille. doing? Camille. Camille, nice Camille, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Formula One
8: everywhere,
10: ain't it? Formula One everywhere. this is my girlfriend for the day. They got a website that you can hire girlfriends for the day. Stop, man. And so I got a girlfriend.
5: Stop, man.
10: (laughs) You can hire girlfriends for the day. Stop, (laughs) man. So
8: if you couldn't hear that, that's Paul Pierce introducing Kevin Garnett to a woman named Camille. And then telling Kevin that he got her off this website where you could rent girlfriends for a day. And then that's Kevin Garnett trying to save Paul's ass and and move on. So funny. Annoying that Paul Pierce doesn't have a regular job. And uh, you know what they call those? The girlfriends that you can rent for a day? Uh, escorts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they call him that. Um, so that's annoying. Another annoying thing is uh, Robert. Isn't that what no. got him in trouble? The f- yes. First, okay. I just want to double.
6: I
7: well, don't know if that's what. I mean, what got him in trouble yeah. was like he was IGing from some poker party where he was telling girls to come through. You know. So bad
8: judgment got him fired. So yeah, but, but the
7: poor judgment makes great TV. That's, correct. Yeah. That's not that. Sorry. That's not our issue, right? We don't care. <laughs> we want to see bad judgment. That's the whole idea of the. the whole idea of the reality show. I'm in. Just
8: getting wet and bringing escorts to your live stream. That right that's now. amazing. So, um, Robert Sawa was asked about the team potentially getting hard knocks.
10: I know there's several teams that would love for Hard Knocks to be in their building. We're just not one of them.
8: Now, I don't like that it's the team's choice. And I don't even know if it is the team's choice. Um, There's one person that wants to do Hard Knocks, and that's Jerry Jones. But everybody else would rather not have it. And I like that dynamic. I like that there's like this intrusive thing into a training camp, and it makes Hard Knocks that much more compelling Robert Sala saying, you know, we're not a team that wants to do it. We'll join the club. Nobody does, but I think that I think the Jets would be an amazing subject for Hard
7: Knocks when they dug. Oh, I think it'd be awesome. It, it would be awesome. I mean, plus they're the classic little brother team. That everybody wants to know what Aaron Rodgers is really like. The Zach following Zach Wilson around is is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm with you. I think it it could. I actually think it could only do good things for for the Jets. Make them a lot. More likable a lot more real
8: yeah and if if the league is the one that compels these teams you have your biggest media market one of your biggest stars i think this would be amazing um garrett bowles is an offensive lineman for the broncos i'm, I'm not annoyed by the fact that he's taken up for his guy i'm not annoyed by that but i have a point to make after this he was asked um or i guess he just told the media what's going to happen this year for russell wilson
10: he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game in the last 10 years. I mean, stats don't lie. Um, just because you have one rough season, you can't you, can't, you know, dictate the type of guy and his personality and what he goes through. Um, you know, I was angry with everything that came out because I love him dearly. I take it very personal when um, people talk about him because nobody knows him like I do um, or us here. And so, um, you know, when you put when you put a heart on the line um, and, you know, your
9: focus and, you know, things go rocky, um, you know, you look like the bad guy, but he's not. Um, he's a great dude. You know, he's the same guy every single day. He works
10: his butt off. Um, and, you know, I'm ready for that stuff to go away. Um, and when it goes, you know, everyone's going to eat crow.
8: His point is everyone's going to eat crow for trashing Russell Wilson last year. Um, and that the fact that he's a really good guy who works hard means that uh, he's going to do great. I work a, I've work, worked over time with a lot of great people who are bad at their jobs. I've worked with a lot of people who work hard. Are, but are still bad with their jobs. So uh, just a life lesson for Garrett Bowles. Like, the more you talk about a guy's personality and how great a guy he is, the, the less you're talking about his historically bad statistical season from a year ago. And uh, maybe he will have a turnaround year, but him being a good guy has nothing to do with it, Doug.
7: Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, it's it, the more you're saying these things – the more it feels like you're covering for the opposite. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Like, if you say, like, he's a really good guy, it's like, oh, so you would only say that if the narrative was he's not a good guy. He's a really hard worker. Oh, so the narrative must mean that he's not working that hard. right? Because all of the things that were being told, he's in great shape this year, means he wasn't in great shape. He wasn't a great teammate. He wasn't a good person last year. All of those things feel like they're more true now in an effort to paint the picture that everything is perfect now.
8: One last one, and I, I I think I used this one at least a couple times last season. I just don 't think we appreciate Andy Reid enough; he doesn 't get as, um, enough love for the great guy he is now, I know you 'll commonly bring up the whole child situation, but let 's forget about that. Um, he talked about the food at the White House this week.
5: They did have some good stuff they had a, a grill i 've never had this before, so a French toast grilled cheese, and ham sandwich. Uh, that they sprinkled a little bit of powdered sugar on. I mean, it was phenomenal. Uh, the guys were, and it was th- there was abundance of this. Uh, and and then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. To, and then maybe the best part was they had, uh, which I hadn't seen before, but little bite-sized squares of the heart of the watermelon. So whoever. You know, my hat went off to the chef. I went back and talked to him. I mean, I just go, you guys are unbelievable. I mean, whoever cut all of that out and had the patience to do that, that goes off to him. He talks
8: about food like, um, I don't know, your great NFL analyst breaks down a a play. Like, I've always said this. I've always told people this, and it's not politically correct to say anymore, but if I want to know where to eat, where the best place in town is, like, hey, Doug, you're in a different city today. I go up to fat people and I ask them because oh, nobody knows yeah, food. Food like fat oh, people. My God. Yeah. Like really big people. And, and listening to Andy Reid break down that White House meal just proves my point.
7: Oh, I, I agree with you there. I'm with you there completely. Seriously. You think I'm you guys think you think I'm kidding? I'm I'm completely with you. Like, dude, fat fat dudes know like when you see a bunch of, of heavy people walking out of a restaurant, you're like, mm, that's a place. That's a place I need to hit up. That's a that's a, that's a that's a place, you know. I mean, unless you're like looking for a vegan meal, then you ask a vegan. I'm I'm with you on it. I, Andy Reid is a national treasure, a complete national treasure. Uh, his likability factor is through the roof, and yeah, I feel awful for what happened uh, with his with his boys. Um, but I I can't hold. I mean, when you raise kids, you realize some of it's under your control, some of it's not. There's a lot of factors, and I'm think I'm sure there's mistakes that he's made that he wishes he didn't make. The hardest thing you're ever going to do is raise raise children, and all you want for them is the best. So I can't really be critical. I've made my own mistakes in parenting, just like everybody does. And you just kind of hold out hope that they're going to figure it out on their own, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they, they do not. But it's food, oh, he's the best, and he's just taking on this strong likability factor. I'm, I'm with you. So what's the annoying part, though, of Andy Reid? That people just don't appreciate him enough. That's that's the annoying part. So, so uh, my choices are: yeah. Paul Pierce not having a regular gig annoys you. Yep. Andy Reid not being um, as appreciated at, enough. appreciated yeah. should, should be annoys you. What else? Robert Sala for for
8: being one saying of, he
7: doesn't yeah. want hard knocks yeah. annoys yeah. you. And yeah. G-
8: Garrett Bowles for saying a
7: lot of people are going to eat crow because Russell's a good guy. Um, I'm going to go with Robert Sala. I'm going to go with Robert Saul. Like, you you can't possibly think that bringing in Aaron Rodgers isn't bringing in the circus. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is an attention, attention whore. I'm saying, like, you had to know this is all part of the plan, is to win the hearts and minds. And the best way to win hearts and minds is to let people in your doors, is to let people in with their cameras. I think Robert Saul is not getting it. I think it's annoying. Hey, do we have do we have it because we can?
6: Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we
9: can.
8: Hey Doug, um I'm not a big boxing guy, but I guess uh Teofimo Lopez is a big deal. Teofimo Lopez, um and he fights Josh Taylor I think tomorrow. So that shows you how much I know about boxing. Championship Uh bout, Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez. Now, Teofimo raised some eyebrows this week because he's openly talking about killing Josh Taylor. And if you think he's being kind of hyperbolic or exaggerating – he explains himself.
1: This is a
7: kill or be killed sport. I mean, someone just passed away May 6, 22 years
1: old, just passed away. And I said it like it is. I want to kill Josh Taylor. What the fuck does that mean? People are like, well, let's get back to boxing. I'm like, that is boxing.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: This is what we sign up for. So when I fought Loma, I took his heart. Boom,
1: won
7: the
10: fight with Taylor. He got no heart. Taylor got no heart. So what, what can I really take from this man, his life? It's life and the only way I'm gonna make a statement is by doing that
7: that's like the realest thing ever isn't it <laughs> like we're in a sport where we're trying to hurt the other person without doing anything illegal uh why can we say why can we be real like that well, one because he's allowing us to and two because we can. That's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Uh, Enjoy tonight's game. I do have a... Do we have time for the pick of the day? I think we do. Ramos, if you would. Okay, sir. The bet is to you.
6: All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day.
7: Uh, Miami is a a three-and-a-half-point dog at home against the Denver Nuggets. And I understand that Miami didn't hit a lot of shots. And you can look back and go, hey, you know, you got the Jimmy Butler guarantee. I like Denver tonight. I think this becomes the decisive game. Denver does not want to come back to Miami. Remember, you're coming off a game where Contavious Caldwell Pope and Michael Porter Jr. didn't play, play particularly well. I did like that they gave Reggie Jackson a little bit of run, a little bit of burn. I think he should get a little bit more burn and work him more in. Um, they also haven't gotten a lot from Bruce Brown. I, I do think those ancillary pieces perform better tonight for uh, for Denver even if Miami plays and shoots better. Remember, the one game that Miami won in the series, they were 17 of 35 from three, and their fourth quarter in game two was the best quarter in terms of efficiency. They scored 36 points on 19 possessions that either team has had in over two years. In other words, I feel like that was an outlier quarter. I think the Nuggets are the better team. I think the Nuggets win tonight, and win by more than three and a half. Like the Nuggets, that's my pick of the day. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Have a great, safe weekend. Have a great, safe weekend. I'm Doug Gottlieb.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's
3: moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon, I'm Sarah Holder.
2: we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on
4: the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Viosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella,
0: which is a fancy way of saying... A podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen.